Good afternoon. It's good to be here with you. I hope I have something to say that you might find useful. You know, in the mornings we've been going over Galatians, and in the afternoons we've been choosing characters that kind of represent the morning topic. Nancy talked about um, sowing and reaping this morning, and what we're going to do today is we're going to look at an application of that from a character in the Old Testament. You know, one of the applications that can be taken from the sowing and reaping is that wherever you put your effort and your time, that's where you're going to reap the most reward. Whatever you put your effort and time into, that's what you're going to do. If you want to become better at something, that's where you want to put your effort and time. That way you can reap that kind of reward. And the person we're going to look at today is King Solomon. You know, he's a very intriguing figure in the Old Testament. There's a lot of things that are known about Solomon, not only from the Bible, but from history. But one thing that stands out from Solomon is one thing. And that was he's considered to be the, one of the wisest men ever to live. As a matter of fact, God basically promised him that. You're going to be wiser than anybody there was before you and after you. And he, that's where he put his time and effort. And if we look in, in uh, 1 Kings 3, starting at verse 4, Now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? So Solomon is here, and he is making sacrifices to the Lord. And the Lord comes to him and goes, Solomon, whatever you want, just ask it of me, and I'll give it to you. Well, there's a lot of things he could have asked for. He could have asked to be rich. He could have asked to be powerful. There's a lot of things he could have asked for. But if we start in verse 6, and it says, And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued with this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne at this, as it is this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. But I am a little child, and I do not know how to come, how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give me, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? So Solomon says, I'm a kid. I don't understand a, a lot of these things. I want a good and understanding heart. That way I can make good judgment. How many of us would that be the first thing we ask for? And that might be kind of on down the list for me. You know, I think about, I want that nicest car. I want all this wealth. I want all this. I want all, but is that really going to amount to anything? No. And in verse 10, it says, The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, Because you have asked this thing, and have not asked for long life for yourself, nor have asked for riches for yourself, nor have asked life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself an understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your word. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has not, not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall, be, shall not be anyone like you among all the kings all your days. So if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. You know what? God was impressed because he didn't ask for something for himself. He didn't focus on what he wanted on himself. He goes, I want to be able to judge for your people. And that was his focus. And one thing that we can learn from Solomon here 
is we don't need to be selfish in what we want to in what we want to aspire to be. We don't want to be selfish. Like I don't want to be considered to be something great because I want to, I want people to think I'm a great teacher because I want something great for me. The focus should never be on yourself. It should be on what you should, can do for God and His people. But not only that, Solomon also teaches that if you want something and you want to exceed or get better at something, ask God to help you with it. There's no reason that we can't ask God to help us become better teachers or better song leaders, or better prayer, better servants. Whatever it is we want to excel at. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, we can ask God for help on that. But we can't go out and leave our part undone. That's the, that's the catch. We can ask God for all this help, and if we just sit around and don't do anything, it's not going to help anybody. You know, there's a saying that every coach I've ever had, pretty well every one of them has used this quote. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. You know what? That's true. That is very true. You know, we have to do our part. We have to put in the work. You know, sowing and reaping is work. It's not something that just happens. You have to go out and you have to sow and you have to reap. There is something that has to be done. It may be a little bit easier these days than it was then with all the machinery we have. But there's still something that has to be done. There's work that needs to be done. And where we focus that effort, that's where we're going to reap the reward. You know, there's a story of a coach. He was a football coach in college. He started out at the University of Kentucky. And he gave Kentucky their first winning season ever. But Kentucky's always been a basketball school. So at the end of the year, they did a... Um, they did an athletic banquet type thing, and they gave away awards to their coaches. Well... The football coach got up there, and for his first winning season, they gave him a really nice cigarette lighter. Now, I don't know if that was a nice gift then. I don't know. It was back in the 50s. And he, he thought that was all right, until the basketball coach got a new Cadillac. <laughs> and he decided, well, I'm not going to compete with this guy anymore. I'm going to go down to a little school in Texas. So he went down to that little school in Texas that was at the bottom of the Southwest Conference at the time, hadn't won in years. And he got down there and he decided his players didn't work hard enough. They weren't mentally strong and they weren't mentally tough. So he decided to take them out to a little camp. And he decided that he was going to work them in the ground. And that's what he did. He, the riders that went with him said, if we, when we got to the gates, we thought this guy was crazy. you got to turn around and go back. Junction had been in a drought for 10 years. And they said, you got out there, there wasn't even grass on the fields. They said, luckily, the doctor was stockpiling ice. That way, when guys passed out, they had ice to cool them down with. But they spent a couple weeks out at this camp, and by the time he left, he said he had a tough team, but he had a team that wasn't ready to play now because they had been worn out. They didn't do well that year. They had a losing season again, and people were all, oh, here we go again. But those, those boys that were out there at that camp, they learned how to work hard, and by the time they were seniors, they won the Southwest Conference title over a highly ranked team that had 12 All-Americans, five National Players of the Year candidates, and my personal favorite team. They beat my Texas Longhorns. And my, the coach under the Longhorns goes, I wasn't embarrassed that we lost. But I was embarrassed because it was the pure epitome of hard work beating time. They just outworked us. They were tougher. They outworked us. And we couldn't keep up with that. The coach was Bear Bryant. 
And he had a history of running those camps to get his teams tough and then working hard. That way the end result would be that national championship. He won two or three national championships at Alabama using these camp-style training camps. Because he wanted them to get used to working hard, and once you work hard, then the goal comes after that. I don't know how many of you know my sister, Melissa. We're only 18 months apart. I'm 18 months older. And as much as I love her and as much as I would do anything for her, there's no person on the face of the earth I enjoy beating in competition more than her. Nobody. And she would tell, tell you the same thing. And we will work ourselves to death just not to lose. I can, I can be in next to last place as long as I beat her and I'll be okay. And we work for that. You know, she played basketball in high school. I played football. There are no two different sports. But she came up with a formula to see who had a better year that year. And she did all this formula. Amazingly, the formula worked out to where she had a better year than I did. I don't know how she came up with that formula. But we did. We, we played in a two-on-two tournament that our school put on. And neither one of us were the greatest shooters. But by the next year, they said we couldn't play together anymore because we hurt too many people. Because we wanted to win. You weren't coming in the lane on us. That just wasn't happening. You'd crawl out. What happens when I put that stuff towards godly things? Why don't I put that kind of effort into godly things? My mom always wondered why me and my sister didn't put that kind of effort into our schoolwork. She goes, man, y'all could have done great in school if y'all had put that kind of effort into it. Where we put our effort is where we're going to reap. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Are we slothful in the ways of God? Are we kind of lazy over there? I'd rather put my effort somewhere else. I'd rather put my effort into my job, or I'd rather put my effort into this athletic adventure, or into going to hunting, or going on vacation. That's where I want to put my effort. And I'll just kind of leave, be lazy when it comes to the things of God. If we do that, we're going to reap of the flesh. Because everything that we, all those things I mentioned, they have nothing to do with God. Where do we put our effort at? Now, the, the, the body of Christ and the members individually, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles and gifts of healing, help administrators at varieties of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. You know, sometimes we get in the habit of comparing ourselves to each other. I'm not a good speaker as my dad, so I'm not even going to try. I'm not as entertaining as him, so I'm not even going to try. I'm not as good a song leader as Mike, so I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to put my work into it, put the effort into it. Are we caught up in so, so much in what other people's roles are that we're missing our own? Everyone here has a role, and God is going to call you on how you fill that role. It may not be a public role. It may not be a role in leadership. It may not be an elder or deacon. If you want to aspire to those things, that's fine. That's good. But you may not get there, and that's fine, and that's good too. But are you feeling the role that God has for you? Are you feeling the role that God has put in front of you? I can't answer that question for you. I, I might have a feeling about it, but I can't answer that question if you're feeling the role or not. Are you putting in the effort? I, Again, I'm not with you 24-7. I don't know where you're putting all your effort in. But there is a role that God expects you to fill. 
You know, whenever I was growing up, everyone that was a male was just expected to speak. And I don't believe, I believe this verse teaches directly against that. You know, there used to be a thing that was something wrong with a guy if he didn't get up and speak. And I believe we did people a disservice with that. Because that's not everybody's role. Not everybody's going to get up here and be able to give a lesson, and that's fine. And we shouldn't make them feel any less because of that. And there were some times where that happened, and I saw that happen. Because a guy didn't want to give and speak, and they made him feel like he was less of a person because of it. We don't need to be that way. If that's not your role, that's fine. But fulfill the role that God is putting for, before you. And we don't need to make people feel like they're anything less because they don't stack up to what we think their role ought to be. You know, Solomon used his wisdom a lot. Do we use the things that God gives us? You know, there's a very famous story that's pictured here of two women. And one of them had rolled over on her baby in the night and crushed it and killed it. And she said, well, I'm going to take this other woman's baby and put my baby in its place. Well, the two women came before Solomon and said, what are we going to do here? We're both saying that this is our baby. One's dead. What are we going to do? Solomon, thinking about it for a minute, he said, you know what we're going to do? Since y'all can't make a decision, we're going to cut the baby in half and give you each half of it. And you know what Solomon knew? Solomon knew the real mom wasn't going to let that happen. Solomon knew the real mom will not let me cut that baby in half. And of course she didn't, and Solomon knew which mother, whose child that was. Do we use what God gives us for him? Because he used that for God's people there. That was God's people that were sitting there having an argument over that baby. Do we use what God has given us for God? Or do we use it for our own selfish ambition? You know, we're all going to give account for the things that we seek to excel at. Are we going to seek to excel at things of this earth? You know, for a while there, my, my whole mission in life was to be the best football player I could. That was my mission in life. Anything, everything I did went into that. Do I put that kind of effort in the things of God now? Is that my mission now, to be the best Christian I can be, to be the best speaker I can be, to be the best song leader, be the best servant? Or am I using these things, my ambition for my own selfishness? You know, we're going to reap what we sow. And if we sow selfishness, we're going to reap of the flesh. And as Yancey said this morning, it's probably not going to be a pleasant experience when we have to give account for those things. If we put effort into becoming more godly, becoming a better Christian, becoming a better teacher, or a better leader, a better speaker, better singer, better servant, better person, better Christian then we'll reap the rewards of that as well but there is one thing we have to put in the effort and if you put in the effort and you want to be the, a good teacher and you want to be a good or a good song leader or a good whatever just know that if you don't get there that's okay that may have not been your role you know, I, I've ta talked before about how I wanted to be the best song leader. I saw my Uncle Alan. I wanted to lead a song like him. Still haven't got there. And you know what? That's okay. 
Because there's other things I believe I would have excelled at, but that one just wasn't meant to be for me. And that's okay. But put the effort in. See where it goes. Because there is a role for you to fill. And believe me, as a leader in the church, there's always something that can be done. There's always some role that we need somebody to fill, and it's always better whenever somebody's able to fill it than us having to scramble around looking. There is a role for everybody in God's kingdom. It's just, are we going to put in the necessary effort to excel in that role? Maybe you haven't done that. Maybe you've used all your effort to excel at things outside of the church. There is time to change that. I don't know how much time you have to change that. All I know is you got right now to change it. Start putting your effort into God, into doing things for God, and you'll reap spiritual benefits. You can make that decision right now. I'm going to do more, put more effort into doing things for God instead of doing things for myself. Because you remember, God was impressed because Solomon didn't ask for anything that would be good for him personally. We need to start putting some effort into the things of God and we'll reap the benefits and reap the rewards of our sowing. You may not see it immediately. As Yancey said, it may take some time to see the rewards, but you're going to see the rewards. If you need help with that, if we can help you in any way with that, won't you come as we stand and sing the song that's been selected?